Welcome to Cinema 7. I am your host, Chris Hawk. To my left, as always, is my good friend, Marv Kari. I'm to the left of his computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is our first episode of Overdue. So what Overdue is, is that we take and we watch critically acclaimed movies that we should have definitely watched. Like, these are movies that, like, everyone has seen and that we're the ones that haven't seen them. And that's what we're doing. We're watching movies that we haven't seen, that everyone has. And today we're doing No Country for Old Men. And Mario is going to tell you about all the other things that Cinema 7's do. Yeah, so before I get into, if you're a first-time listener of Cinema 7, I'm going to go into briefly of some other themed episodes that we have going on. And also, if you are been listening to Cinema 7, then I will have a... Num- we'll have a number in the description of what the time frame is when we get to start where we start talking about no country no country fold man if you just want to skip to it but like hawk said overdue is basically um us talking about movies that have made an impact on pop culture or were must see when they came out um and chris hawk came up with this whole subject or this whole theme uh is overdue um we all sat and came up with different names for it but <laughs> it took us a while it did but this is chris hawk's idea so we i was for the first episode i wanted chris hawk to definitely pick what we were going to watch but some of the other themed episodes we have we have two out of uh picture or fix it you can check those out um with picture or fix it we either uh so if something sparks our interest that we hear that there could be an idea of a film, movie, or game, uh, television show. We are going to present the idea. We're going to pitch an idea for that to be a movie, game, a TV show. Basically, you know, pitch it. Um, fix it is if we all agree that something was bad or, um, I guess, not that great or could have been better. Where the three of us are going to each try to fix said subject movie film game uh what we got uh fire nice specials with uh me and chris hawk where john will probably be like our our moderator where we're going to take three related subjects and me and chris hawk will duke it out (laughs) because we both we both usually have battling opinions (laughs) and um we have our take which is like pretty much our generic episode where we the reason we call it our take is because we don't want to say something is bad or something is good. We don't want to be like, well, that's the perception of it because everyone has a different opinion. So we we call it our take because it's basically our opinions or it's our different or our separate takes on that thing we're reviewing or talking about or the news we're talking about. And uh, am I leaving anything out? Isn't there? Oh, there's take two. Take two. Take two is where we'll revisit anything. So it's different from overdue because overdue is some is like what like Chris Hawk said, popular something, or like we just said, impacted pop culture had to be a must see. And and take two is just basically our second take on something that has been out that necessarily necessarily doesn't have to be important. Um, it could be anything. It can be Armageddon. It could be um, Bad Boys. It could be. You know, Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know. All those movies you said are fantastic. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it could be our favorite movie. We could do take two of our favorite movies, which probably might be coming up in this year. I think we should do Predator. We we should. And we also do uh, The Final Countdown, which is our top ten movies of the year, uh, which is each of our top ten movies of the year. Uh, our five biggest letdowns, because like I said, we don't want to say something is bad and that is the perception of it. Everyone has a different opinion. So our opinion, and we don't want to say it's bad. So we want to say something, we want to say that from our opinion, it let us down. So we have our biggest letdowns on that episode and uh, we have honorable mentions and then our top 10 movies of the year, final countdown. I think uh, we're going to also add on 
to our top 10 this year. We're going to add on video games and we're going to add on our top three or five television or streaming shows that yeah, came so, out in 2017. So be on the lookout for that too. Yeah, because uh, Final Countdown will pretty much be like our WrestleMania or our World Series episode. It's going to be extravaganza. I think I think we're gonna go we're gonna go over the top this year. <laughs> over the top. <laughs> we're gonna turn our hats backwards and go over the top. Oh my goodness. So let's so uh, the, yeah. how yeah. do you want to start this out? You're the host, so, Chris Hawk. We'll give a little backstory to um No Country for Old Men. So No Country for Old Men was written and directed by the Cohen brothers. Now the Cohen brothers are kind of like this dramatic force and I I am a fan of the Coen brothers. I can't say I'm a big fan because I haven't seen most of their movies, but I have seen some of them. And from what I've seen, I always have enjoyed them. I I enjoyed Hail Caesar. I enjoyed The Big Lebowski. I enjoyed so many Burn After Reading with Brad Pitt. And and I did enjoy No Country for Old Men. So, and uh, I could go on because they have written and directed. And what's funny is I didn't really realize who written or directed the movie but now that you mention it i do see some of their humor in certain parts of this movie yeah we'll, we'll get to that too and so they directed this movie in 2007 and mario what were those other 2007 movies that were nominated for best picture alongside no country for old men so no country for old men was a big shot it was a, it was a it was a big deal it was a big big shot big <laughs> shot boy right big there deal. Um, <laughs> It was uh, nominated for Best Picture. Uh, some the other ones were um, Michael Clayton with uh, George Clooney, uh, Juno. Uh, was it uh, and Ellen, and Atonement Ellen, with Ellen Page? Atonement, I forget Atonement. who's in Atonement, but and then uh, Juno. Did I say Juno? Yeah. Oh, there, so there will be blood. Was the last one? My bad. And No Country for Old Men won. So this movie came out almost 11 years ago. No, wait. It came out 10 years ago. Yeah. And we're just getting around to That's crazy. To it. Hence overdue. So we're going to get a little background. Say, yeah, I just want to say real quick, Michael Clayton to me was boring and uninteresting. <laughs> uh, Atonement, I never even seen it. I don't even remember hearing about it. Uh, Juno, I remember seeing this. I, I remember enjoying it. I thought it was sweet, awkward. I thought it was kind of touching, and I remember it being a big deal with the whole writer strike thing. I don't know if you remember the whole writer strike debacle or whatever that was yeah, in that it time. Killed, it killed heroes. That's what happened. That's right. And uh, There Will Be Blood, I remember um, that was another movie people were talking about was a must-see then, and uh, it was about like the whole oral drill, drilling era and the start of the Rockefellers type thing, all that jazz. Fun fact, um, um, There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men were being filmed at the exact same time, and actually near each other. Wow, that's crazy. But so, I, I, thought, um, I thought that was interesting, and I never saw There Will Be Blood all the way through. Have you seen the whole thing? Yeah, well, I was going to... Uh, they kind of relate to each other a little bit, and I want to get into that uh, when we discuss it. Okay. So, so uh, No Country for Old Men... Uh, a small synopsis of it would be a lone hunter comes upon a drug deal gone wrong and he comes upon some money and this money causes problems for everything and for everyone. So this movie is very, wouldn't you call this movie like somewhat nonlinear? Like it kind of, it, it kind of follows everyone but at the same time it's it's so weird i i don't know because i mean i, I, I see what you're non-linear. saying it's yeah. not non-linear but it's it's as it's just weird i i definitely you definitely see uh sugar or sugar more than anybody however you pronounce the character's name sugar sugar um <laughs> Josh Brolin is probably the other person you see the most. Uh, Tom Lee Jones, he's in the movie, but he's kind of sprinkled here and there. And uh, Woody Harrelson's a big time. I think he was a big time. um, 
like uh, Bill for the movie in a way, but he's hardly in it. So it's kind of weird because you see there's something that reminds me of the way it's laid out, but I can't remember it. But I, I know what you mean. Like, it's kind of like it. I'm it not trying you... to say it's not like Pulp Fiction. You know how Pulp, pulp Fiction is nonlinear. It feels like Pulp Fiction. But, but more linear. But more linear. It's in the way that it films the three different storylines and how they interconnect and non-interconnect. And it, I, it's a weird feeling. And, and I think it doesn't take it away from the movie. But it's a bit jarring because it's it not a it's not a normal movie. Yeah, it's definitely um, unique, and uh, it's definitely a slower pace movie. And mostly, all of the best picture nominees I would say for this year are slower pace films for two thousand seven. Yeah. So, what did you think of this movie? Mark? Um. I think I I I liked it for its um, because it it has kind of an older film style of the way how long scenes are or how certain shots are just like drawn out and um, camera shots it is and I like how it transitions to certain scenes where it just kind of fades and that's kind of reminds me of like older movies but also has a sense of new style with the whole Tarantino esque. Uh, jumping around the characters and it has it's kind of violent it is you know what the best I, you know what I, I think what I what I liked about it was how I wouldn't say gratuitous the blood was it wasn't queasy it didn't make me queasy until no. like until like some scenes like the self the self um stitching scene when he uh when sugar stitches himself back up after getting shot in the thigh i'm like i wasn't grossed out about it and they kind of normalized the gr the, the gore and i thought that was a nice touch that i wasn't because usually i would be i would be kind of grossed out about it because it's you know it's yeah i don't watch a lot of movies with gore in it and it, this movie's kind of bloody I think the one part that got me is um, he shoots this one guy in the in the forearm and his hand hangs there. My goodness, like, oh. that is that is so brutal. But um, I wanted to ask you uh, if we're breaking down the whole movie from beginning to end, almost. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Kind of in a style of take two, like how we did Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Um, Dark Knight Rises, I should say. Uh, what year do you think this movie is set in? It's got to be the 80s. That's what I was thinking. 80, maybe late 70s or, or the uh, mid-80s. From the, from the border, from the um, Mexican to U.S. Border and, how, border, border and how lax it was, to the... Cars? To the, to the cars and to the guns, too. Even though I, read, I, just, like, I just read someplace that the guns used in the movie are actually fu too futuristic. They actually haven't been made yet in the timeline. I do see that with the uh, the silencer on the big uh, looking rifle that Sugar has. Sugar has. See, I just call him Anton. Anton. What's or his Javier, real name? Javier Bardem. Is that his actor name? Yeah, it's the actor name. So, so I, go ahead. We just said so at the same time. Jinx, double jinx. Show me a coke, Chris Hawk. Oh my goodness! I want to talk about um. The use of silence and the the use of um how there's 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 absolutely no score to this movie. There there how really isn't. There is like no score really. Maybe how did you like feel about that. Um, I, in ways I I liked it, and in ways I thought maybe a soundtrack would have added a more element of suspense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but. <laughs> It didn't really it like it didn't really bother me. I mean, I like I said I do think it could have added maybe a more sense of suspense in certain parts of the movie, but I guess I'm just conflicted on it. Like I liked it and didn't like it at the same time. How about you? I'm going to go I'm going to go the opposite way and say that I really didn't notice it, 
because I was paying so close attention to the the use of sound and the uh, use of uh, non-dialogue parts in this movie. I was more paying attention to that than I was the sound that it took me to nearly the end of the movie when I was like, hey, there's there's no music in this movie. And I kind of like that because I think it fits the movie. I don't think this movie ha- – I don't think this movie has a score. And I don't think you could put a score to this movie. Okay. I, I can I can see that. That's, that's one of the reasons why I'm conflicted because I think it, it fits without music. But then on the other hand, like I was saying, some at some parts for me personally, I felt like it could have helped more enthrall you. Like that one part in the uh, hotels, in the second, in the actual hotel near like the city-esque that Josh Brolin's in, when uh, Sugar kind of shows up out of nowhere, uh, it's that's kind of the most suspenseful part of the movie for me, in a way. When, that he's, whole... walk, when he's walking down the hallway. Yeah, and, and he turns off the lights. And his feet's under the under the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like maybe that could have had like a dun 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 dun, like a like a um. <laughs> I'm like trying a, to think like of a Jaws, like a Jaws theme. <laughs> well, without the... I know what you're saying. I know what you're yeah. saying. I know what you're saying. Like a quick to to, like, to um, ease a... you into the suspense a little bit. Yeah. See, I I like the fact that it it didn't have um sound or or score so i would be lost in my own predictions because with score it's it kind of eludes to you what's going to happen in the scene so without score i i believe that it kind of made me squander in my own thoughts like you know i really don't know what's going to happen at this part this could this could go anyway but i, I do agree. see how some parts how some parts could use a score, but I, I, I mean, I, I think it does just fine without it. I think it depends on the viewer, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah, totally agree. That's your take, Mario. Yeah, hi, bra. <laughs> Ciao, um, bra. <laughs> yeah, bra. Ciao, um, bra. To, uh, to me personally, I felt like there was no real introduction to the characters. It, it almost felt like um, I was just dropped in, like into a book, but on a random chapter. You wanna you wanna know something really cool? Hmm. This is based off of a book. A whole book. Yes. And it start. Does the book actually? Do you know if the book actually starts off the way the movie does? I couldn't tell you, but apparently the book and the script are almost identical. See, that's weird because in my you'll hear in my final summary um, if I do repeat it that I feel like it's more of a chapter in a book than an actual book to me. Does that, does that take away from the movie or do you think it's, it's, it's unique? Um, I mean with, lately I'm just so conflicted with things like with alien, but, um, like alien (laughs) covenant. So, uh, go back and listen to our alien covenant episode to hear how conflicted I was for that. But is it a plug when you plug yourself? I I don't know. <laughs> but I I I'm kind of conflicted because, like I said, I I kind of like how unique. Like to me, it's unique. It is a unique movie, and I and I love the uniqueness of it. But there was no real introduction to the characters to me because, like I said, I feel like I'm just dropped into a random chapter, which has its ups and downs, but or its negatives and positives to me. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do. How do you feel? I um. How do I feel about the movie as a as a whole? How do you feel about the um? Yeah. How do you feel about that? It's it's not a regular movie, and because like there's no, because nothing is really is answered, and sometimes in movies you want want to know what's going on, and the audience is in this movie is two steps behind nearly yeah. all the time. And I agree. Kind of like that. Sometimes, because if you watch... Um, at some parts, because I feel like at some parts you're kind of right there because you know that Sugar's going to catch up to Josh Brolin in a lot of parts. Yeah. It's like, it's very similar to West Wing where there's stuff mentioned that can go completely over your head and you 
you're like, what, huh, how, how does, when, what does this relate to the story? And then later they'll add to the story. Like the show yeah. is two steps ahead of the audience. And that's how this movie feels like sometimes. I honestly feel like Chris Hawk, you could compare anything to West Wing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just wait, just wait. When I, when I, you, now I'm going to do it. Now I'm gonna relate everything. <laughs> oh my <West> god! <laughs> <laughs> and the the similarity uh, West Wing Con or whatever <laughs> instead of this similarity Rubicon. Do you, you want to talk about the characters real fast? Well, well, yeah, but um, that actually Unless goes with what I was gonna ask you because I, like I said, I didn't think there was really inter- any introduction to the characters. Did you think there was an introduction, or do you think you get to meet the characters? I think it's this is one of those situations where it's. The actions, like I think I know Tommy Lee's character from the intro to the movie, where he he's struggling to find his his place in in his in his job and his life and his work. And then Moss, I think I think you find out from his actions because he steals the money, right? Well, you find out what he what he, he tags the doe or or deer. And instead of getting the deer, he gets the money. So it's he's kind of like an opportunistic hunter. He's like a raccoon almost. And that's kind of what I saw him as, as a raccoon. He's very op- opportunistic. Whenever something good goes his way, he usually, like in a, in, a, in a fork in the road, he chooses the best way. I mean, that's usually what people will choose. But he's like an, he's like an over-opportunistic chooser. Mm-hmm. He's going to do what's ever best for him. And I think in the beginning moments, you see his true character with the whole, when he goes to bring back water to the dying guy. And I think you see a little bit of his character there. Cause he kind of, it kind of weighs on his conscience. Conscious. But, but you're kind of right. They really don't flesh out all the characters. I think it's, I think it's. I think More experience their actions. I think I think you're along for the ride in this movie, and I think it feels this movie feels like real life. I I think um now now spoilers here. I'm gonna uh, yeah kind of spoil it, but Josh Brolin's character kind of seems like he's been he's been in like similar situations in the beginning. Do you get the sense of that at all? Like I feel like he's kind of. Uh, taken advantage of things like this before or you know is kind of like I'm prepared to take the, the this type of uh, advantage of the situations you know I didn't I didn't I didn't think about that if um he does go to great lengths you know the tent pole the putting money in the the vent yeah the with the curtain rod and it's he's very crafty and it you know it add, I think it just adds to his character of maybe you are trying to infer that that's what that's what you inferred from the movie is that yeah he's, he's done this before yeah that's the way I took it in the beginning until like later into the chase when he gets to the hotel I kind of felt like he got dumber like it was like okay now I get the sense that he's just a guy who saw that there's a money but you know what I mean. But then in the beginning, like I was saying, I personally felt he was in similar situations or he was prepared to take advantage, I guess. And that, that could probably go with his character of, of like, hey, um, I'm down and out. So I'm going to, when I find something like this, I'm like you were saying, he's opportunistic. Do you want to talk about the characters now? Yeah, I mean, we kind of already started talking about Josh Brolin's character. Yeah. We can talk yeah, about yeah. Let's So, Josh Brolin's character, I um he he's kind of like the antithesis to um Anton's character. Where you think so? I I think he's the exact cuz I feel like I feel like he's kind of in the gray area, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin? Yeah, Moss, I feel like he's in the gray area for me. Like he's not he's not good but he's not necessarily as bad as sugar. I think he, he, he's like the randomness 
and then Anton is like the strict code rule. You know what I'm saying? That's what I yeah. kind of liked from the movie. But I do see how Josh Brolin's character he does does some he does live in the gray. Like he's not above stealing cars. He's I mean he almost I mean he nearly commandeers a guy's vehicle and without hesitation. People. Yeah, he's bribing people with money. He's he's um he's just doing you know he's do he's taking unnecessary risks, extraordinary risks. You know he didn't really have to steal this money in the first place, but I mean, who's who's not gonna gonna take the two million dollars? I I do I do want to add that uh, Josh Brolin and I look like we have the same uh, shaved belly. That when our bellies are shaved, <laughs> we look like we have the same belly. Did, did you um, open up your shirt and and match? Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Our bellies, um, twin bellies. Uh, let's talk about Sugar a little bit since he's kind of like the other, uh, more scene character other than Josh Brolin's character. Um, you you kind of see him in the beginning, right? Like you you kind of get the sense that he this guy gets captured, but then he kills this guy and he look like looks like when he killed to me it looks like when he first kills the sheriff in the beginning yeah it's it's like he this that that for that kill right there took him took over him in a way like how you were seeing his face yeah i i I paid attention to that too i was it looked like he was having fun yeah well I kind of I I get the sense that he's kind of having fun as the more he kills, because he's he he does as the more he kills you get the more sense of how sadistic he is, and psychotic he may be, mm-hmm. um, or mentally ill or whatever it may be, uh. But definitely in that beginning, I kind of got the sense maybe he was like, it was almost an adrenaline rush to get the kill. But at the same time, his face changes to where he's like, I may have to, this is, a, this had to be, I had to do this almost in a yeah. way. I don't How know. do you, um, do you feel like he's like the, the physical embodiment of evil or, um, death? Uh, I, I can see where you can, you can, uh, get that sense. I don't know if there's a lot of meaning to this movie to me personally. I don't know it. Like, I didn't really get a lot of metaphors. Uh, other than, because I, I like I said I didn't I didn't really see a good versus evil because Josh Brolin's character was kind of in the gray area for me and yeah I definitely I, didn't see Josh Brolin as a good character but I I mean I definitely saw Anton as a I wouldn't say a necessary evil but a like an evil that's there like a a prominent evil yeah I I I, I know what you mean um I don't know see personally I just I just took it as he's going to keep killing he's going to he's going to keep killing to cover his tracks and he might as he keeps killing it's a way to cope with the last kill in a way. I don't know if you sense that or you 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 seemed like you got more meaning out of the meaning out of the the characters in the movies like what were some of your uh the meanings you got or metaphors? Um I really thought that Anton was like a, he was a force to be reckoned with. And I believe he thought he was invincible. Yeah. And, and I, I, I truly believe that he thought he was a, like a harbinger that he wasn't the one, he wasn't the one dealing death. He was a vehicle of death. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can see that. These people are already going to die. So he's the one that institutes the law, basically, as his own type of law. Yeah, now that you say that, I kind of, I can kind of see where he can, where you can get the sense of that most is the scene with the guy at the gas station. Yeah, I mean, you you saw how tense that scene was. Yeah, he was. He it felt like he put the guy on a scale, and he was measuring his his worth. And I, and then you see the scene at the end with the coin with the wife and she goes, it's not the coin that's doing it. It's you. And, and I, and I feel like 
even though he just talked to, yeah he just talked about his code and what use is a rule if it got you to hear when he's talking to Willie Har- Woody Harrelson's character because it brought his rule brought him to his death which I can't wait to get onto Willie Har- Woody Harrelson's character because that's, that's pretty great I just want to say that uh, Sugar I think was a very intelligent character like think- in all situations maybe a little too intelligent do you think he was a good villain? See, I think for a good villain, you have to have a character who wants to do the right thing. And I feel like Josh Brolin was conflicted the whole time as a good character or as a gray char- gray area character. Like, he has good elements, but he also is greedy. And, um, you know, he's he's kind of out for himself in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously he tells his wife to go to go to safety, but I I think in a lot of senses, he like, he does tell her the truth, which is weird, like straight up, you know? Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. He's just like, no, I found money. There's money in the bag. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard because I can see now that the more I think about it, I can see where you can take, like you're saying, his good aspects. But as watch as I was watching the movie, I just got the sense he was kind of uh, neutral. He was kind of neutral to himself or true neutral in a way. You're talking about Moss? Yeah. What about so, um, Anton? So I did, Anton, I, I was I thought was a was if we're going D and D terms here, he was chaotic, chaotic evil. The guy was straight up. Uh, no remorse in a lot of ways. Well, I can't say that because, like you said, he kind of has the sense of maybe any people are going to die anyway, so he's just going to end them to end maybe whatever suffering or I don't know. In a you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it, there's a lot of gray there. There's a lot of, but d- definitely sugar. I think is chaotic, but see, this is just our thoughts, Mario. We- yeah, this is our opinions. Yeah, this we is can, we're two different we, two different opinions yeah, here. Yeah, because I think I think he's actually lawful evil. You think he's chaotic evil. So that that's that right there is how we view movies, and that's I think that's. Hey, that's what uh, Cinema Seven's all about. We're all about different opinions, and uh, <laughs> putting them into discussion because we want to express not only our opinions, but we want to express all opinions. And like when we start our patron page. Um, I don't know if it's up now or not, but like a dollar, you know, we'll shout you out. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Uh, five dollars, we'll send you a sticker. Uh, ten dollars, um, you can be a guest on the po- on the podcast, and that's what we want. We want your opinions. We want you to not only talk to us on social media, and you know, also uh, give us feedback on iTunes and all that jazz. A quick little, uh, you know, plug for ourselves here again, but. That's what we're about, man. We're about different opinions. We we don't want to just be like, well, this is what we think, blah blah. That's why, or you, know, I mean, it is about in a in a sense of what our opinions are, but that's why we call it our take because there there are opinions, and you know, we're me and you are expressing two different opinions, so it's not like we're we're mutually saying, yeah, we both liked it. This is the best ever. You know what I mean? We're saying this. We 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 want to express different takes on all our subjects is that if that makes sense yeah so now we get to the last main character and that's tommy lee jones character we Uh, didn't talk about woody harrelson yet do you want to talk about him first or tommy lee jones i think we should talk about the main character the last main character and then we'll talk about woody harrelson's character (laughs) okay okay (laughs) um i think tommy lee jones's character i think his name is bell i think he might be the most grounded character in the movie and I definitely felt closer to Tommy Lee Jones' character than any other person would be. I believe he's actually believe he's the heart and soul of the movie. While others, pe- well, I know other people will say that Anton Sugar carries the movie. I think Tommy Lee Jones has the best lines. I, I see. This is where our uh, this is where it's going to get different opinions here, like we we're talking about. Um, his, I don't remember his name, but I, I don't know, to me, personally, if the sheriff was meaningful to the plot, though. Like, I think that's the whole point, though. Because 
he doesn't really play a part. Maybe more more until the second into more of the second half of the movie because then you get a sense of him actually investigating the incidents or you know what's actually going on or or you know Josh Brolin's finding out what's happening to Josh Brolin's character. Yeah. But so other I, than that, I don't really I don't really feel like he really mattered. Do you think do you have a problem with it because it has fifth element syndrome? Because the main character and villain don't ever meet. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> Fifth Element <laughs> syndrome. Um, Fifth Element is different, I think, because it's in a way it's a sci-fi, so you're exploring uh, elements of that universe. You know what I mean? It, while you're, because the main character's on a mission and the the villain's in a different atmosphere. This, I, I feel like, it's more about the chase between um, sugar and moss. I um I I liked it because it's it's basically uh, Sheriff Bell's. What he's doing is just psychologically dealing with the, with Anton and Moss, and that's what's that's what his story is. And I think the beginning how when he says how he wants he wants to see how old timers would deal with the problems of today where when you get to the end where he's talking to Ellis which I think is his father-in-law or his dad where he says that bad shit has happened forever it's it's always been this bad and i think and i think that's where like that's the hardest hitting parts of the movie come from Tommy Lee Jones character i believe do you think that scene meant anything to the movie? Which part? When he's talking to the older guy about the uncle or the um about how the uncle died similar to how the mess with sugar and moss? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. D- yeah. Him- okay, uh, continue. I my bad. What what was your question? Go. I was just going to say I, I- it's just um that scene was just weird to me I guess because uh I don't know I cuz I don't know I just it didn't really um mean anything to me towards what was they were uh, what I guess they were trying to accomplish but I guess you can get a sense of meaning out of it off of what you just said in a way like um how he's talking to him about whoever it may be that he's talking to, but I feel like he mentions in that scene that his dad, or maybe it's earlier that his dad did die when younger, but I could be wrong. You know, that, it might be, it might, that might be his father-in-law then or grandpa or some shit. I think it's his, I think it's his wife's father. That's what it sounds like. Okay. That's I don't I think, think it's his grandpa. No. It's not his grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, really so what were you going to say about that scene before I interrupted you? Um, other than the scene at the end with Tommy Lee Jones, I think this scene is the point of the movie where Tommy Lee Jones thinks he's out of his league and he's right. He just can't handle it anymore. And you catch a little remorse you catch a little he kind of wishes because this it kind of sets up Tommy Lee Jones to be like this John Wayne character almost it kind of you kind of wish for him to fight Shiger kind of want him to get the last stand kind of want that and that's and that's why I think and and besides him not really carrying any merit to me plot wise I think he is his character is the suspense of the movie. He's the suspense builder because of that. Because you want to see him throughout the movie. You're like, come on, Tom Lee Jones, catch up to them, figure it out. Go back to Tom Lee Jones. Please go back to Tom Lee Jones. Because <laughs> we come to expect that Tom Lee Jones does some badass shit. I mean, we've seen Fugitive. We've seen Men in Black. Dude is, dude is awesome. Yeah, you want to see him defeat Sugar because... I I mean right away you hate sugar because of 
him just killing people and you're just like dude this this guy's too smart this guy's too perfect like and he's a killing machine just catch up just go back to tom lee jones for a second catch up how do you and have how him would shoot you the have guy. felt yeah how would you have felt if tommy lee jones had died by sugar would you have think that would have made an more impactful movie I think it would have, well, if they would have killed each other in a shootout, I think it would have been more like a Western, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but this kind of didn't really, it wasn't really a true Western, you know? And I, 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 and I think that makes it more unique, in a way. I, I, I did feel some Western vibes in it, but I, I think this is its own thing. This movie is its own I I think I feel like you should say it's a chase movie. Like if that's a if that's a new genre, it should be cha- like this ma- is in its own genre called chase, chase it's film. A, it's a it's a psychological chase film. Th- that's boom. We just made up our own <laughs> genre of film. Do you want to talk do, about Woody Harrelson? Are you are we done with the three mains? Or you want to talk? The about only thing Tommy I wanted Jones? to mention was I thought Tommy Lee Jones could have been the most good of all the characters. Mm-hmm. Yet, why doesn't he protect Moss's wife? Like, he doesn't really go out of his way to protect her in a way. He just questions her, even though I think he knows that people may be coming for her because they came for Moss. Does it frustrate you that this movie doesn't fall in line with our hero's journey or our um, our righteousness? Where in movies where we want to see the main character, good characters win, even characters lose, in and a, it feels more like real life. In a way, yes, but also in a way, no. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think we should just get to Woody Harrelson's character. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about Tom Lee Jones a good a good no, a good while now. Yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson's character. I believe he's a hitman. That's what I believe. Because I was about to ask you, who in the hell is what is Woody Harrelson, and who is Woody Harrelson? Because he just comes into the picture like halfway through the movie, and I don't really understand what he th- what his role is. So what I think is he he's the security posit of what happens when a deal goes wrong, a hitman goes rogue. Need the security, like you need a fallout protection guy and Woody Harrelson's the guy to come in and clean everything up. He doesn't do and, shit. Yeah, he doesn't do shit at all. Do you think do you excuse our our our, our language? Our doo doo yeah. our doo doo language, but he doesn't do doo doo at all. Uh, he didn't do doo doo at all, but like <laughs> I felt like in a way he was just there to reinforce that Sugar was a badass or that he knows who the character is. So you get to kind of finally fully know who Sugar is. Yeah, I mean, the only parts of the movie that feel iffy to me are the parts with Woody Harrelson's character and his sudden inclusion. His, I mean, I love his scenes, but I feel like the impact is a little bit jarring. I um, I would have liked. Uh, like a shootout or maybe a, something physical to happen between the two characters. I mean, I'm fine with how it ended because Woody Harrelson dying is pretty funny. I mean, I <laughs> like, I, I like, I like Woody Harrelson, but I mean, it just, how does sugar know where Woody Harrelson was or had like, did, if he, he, I think I the funny know. thing is, is that is that um, Woody Harrelson is threatening Moss with saying that he'll find you. Oh, he'll find you. It doesn't matter how, but he'll find you. And then he ends up finding Woody Harrelson's character. And I think it's it's supposed to be like a tongue in cheek moment type of thing, where it's like, oh, you think you can you can step around Sugar and you can um, you can like hide from him, but uh, no one is safe. It's like he's kind of he's full of himself, so he thinks maybe he can uh, get away, maybe with the money in a in a sense. You think and get away from sugar, but then it 
it's almost like uh, it's ironic, right? Is what you're trying to say? It's kind of ironic that he's he's talking about how how incredible this guy is, and that he thinks that he can circumnavigate Sugar so he doesn't see him, but he ends up in his path anyway. I see what you're saying. I don't know. I just didn't really feel like he played a role. He was just like, "Hi, hey, I know this guy's name." Um. I work for the guy. I work for the guy who was in Office Space who wanted a stapler, and <laughs> and I just you know, and, and then I'm dead. But like you said, Woody Harrelson dying is kind of uh, funny. Um, there's another thing I w- really wanted to mention earlier, but I didn't get around to it. Was uh, and I definitely tell me your opinion, but I felt like there wasn't really any aftermath of like the police finding any of the of you know incidents other than maybe towards the end of like uh what happened from town to town you know or i didn't really feel like anybody caught up to them i don't know how do you feel about that um i don't know how proper police protocol happens or how any of that stuff works i do believe this all happened days within each other so i think the police are going to be behind because it's happening like so fast. Um, and I think sugar and Moss are cleaning their tracks as good as possible as they can. So I think they have the odds for them. Their odds are in their favor, trying to hide them from the police. Also they're in Mexico for a good while too. So I think that's why. So, Mr. Chris Hawk host for the first overdue episode. Do you want to hit our last points and then uh do our new uh kind of overdue take or review or uh rating in a way? Do you want to um you want to give our last summary and then grade it? Yeah. That sounds okay, good. So, so, so how I, we're going to so go how ahead. we're going to um our overdue movies we're gonna this is we're gonna try something out and if it doesn't work we're gonna change it so we're gonna be whether or not yes i totally forgot what how we were gonna grade it no did maybe it wasn't it was this did you need to see this or should people see it or what was it It was um it was it, are we I totally, I totally glad forgot. that we saw it? <laughs> are we glad that we saw it, right? Or could have we? Uh, oh, passed oh, is on it, it? Was it? I'm glad that I didn't. I'm glad. Was it? I shouldn't have missed this. Yeah. Or I could have missed this. Yeah. There okay. We go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll do you try want that to go first. first with your summary. You want, you, I want to hear your summary. Or do you have those last two questions for me? Um, I'll do that at the end of our summaries. Like Ten four. Go right ahead. Okay, so um, I, I'm going to be honest here. I kind of lose interest around uh, one hour and 27 minutes into the movie. Exact time. Uh, yeah, I, I paused it and was like, oh, God, I'm kind of draining out here. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't understand what's going on once the business guy comes into play. Um, I, I mean, I guess you can say Woody Harrelson is a hitman. I, I just didn't, like, while watching it, I was a little, like, uh, who, who is that? But, um, or what is he? Uh, Sugar, or Sugar kind of kills the businessman, and, um, I was a little confused when he goes to kill him. It's like, how, how did he know who he was, or how did they know each other? I mean, other than all the, all the other stuff we already talked about, um, like I said, I didn't really, I mean, it's not, you can't really say it's a Western, it's not a true Western, but there are elements of a Western in it. Um, but that doesn't mean I, I, you know, or I disliked it cause, uh, it's definitely unique. Like we were saying, um, it's almost like a throwback, especially with the way it transitions, uh, between scenes in my opinion, yet with a present day sense of style and, uh, kind of that new age violence we were talking about. It's like natural born um, killers, violence type of thing almost. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Um, a lot of Oscar movies. I mean, you already know this, Chris Hawk. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big judge. I'm a big uh, judger. I'm a big <laughs> hater. Uh, 
Chris Rock doesn't really hate that much. That's why he has a similarity Rubicon. Yeah. But I'm not. That's not. A, I'm not into a lot of Oscar movies. You know, the, a lot of Oscar movies don't really aren't really for me. I guess. Uh, I I need something to give me interest in the story. And to me, this isn't because. Like you were saying, it's it's not linear, but it is linear. So it's not really storytelling in a way. It's it's hard to explain. I guess, like I said, I felt like I was thrown into a chapter versus it being the whole story or being the book. It it it's you more like ex- you're ex- you're right. It does. It's a book. That's what it feels like. It feels like a book on. That's what it feels like. To you. Yeah, that's to me. But go on with your thing. I'm sorry. Um, sugar is. Definitely an evil force, but Brolin is more of a gray character because he's fueled by greed. Um, so I didn't really get the sense of good versus evil. Um, Tom Lee Jones, like I said, I thought was the the suspense builder because you want to see him, like we were saying, beat uh, Sugar or find, get him. Uh, all I can say about this movie, it's it's definitely something that. I can see was a must see then, but now I don't really think it's worth the time unless you like a good chase and are willing to pay close attention. And I want to mention that so, the, the dialogue I thought um, was really hard to understand at some parts because, or you have to turn up the volume because they speak really low in this movie or they speak at a, uh, at a like a bass tone, I guess. In my opinion, so I I guess what was the what were we gonna how are we gonna rate it if it's uh do you think you could have still missed it or it's a must see and you should have seen it when it came out nah or think, no that's not how we did it just say we just forgot already yeah we we already because <laughs> didn't we say something about how I oh I should have seen it sooner or. I could probably still have waited on it. That's what it was. I could I could have waited waited on it. Honestly, I I don't think I really needed to see it sooner. But uh, what's your take, Chris Hawk? So, Chris Hawk kind of loves this movie because it felt like a Chris Hawk movie from the beginning. I yeah, I I can see it was a Chris Hawk movie. I I particularly like the use of no known dialogue parts in this movie and i think they're one of the most tense parts of the movie and one of the more tense scenes in movies i've seen i like how anton sugar doesn't blink in the movie and i think that adds to how creepy and how evil he is i i want to say something about that real quick it actually reminded me of something if that's okay go ahead um when chris jericho uh in wwe became a heel for like the real, like a real full blown heel when he turned on Shawn Michaels. I don't know if you remember me showing you that. It was that WrestleMania 22, right? When they fight against each other and Jericho has like the, he loves that even though he loses. No, was that, that was 22. No, that was 19, was that but they feud again 19. later. And I think it's around this time is like 2008, 2009 is when he turns heel again. Yeah. Where he's kind of like fool of himself and stuff, but. He said he saw No Country for Old Men, and he took the sugars non-blinking to kind of show that he's obsessed with winning and being a champion. I thought that was kind of neat how he took that from the movie. I think I remember reading that about Chris Jericho. Because I think Chris Jericho is the type of wrestler that would do something like that. He, he is one of those wrestlers that does that. Yeah. He will, he will take a gimmick, and then he'll, he'll make it part of his own. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just I thought that was kind of neat how uh someone can can take from that and add it to like a performing art like uh pro wrestling. But uh sorry to go rambling You're on good. about wrestling for a quick second. Go back to your uh final I, summary. Um, I kind of like the fact on how I I believe it's just it's such a weird unusual movie and it upon revelation it does feel like I'm reading a book, and I'm reading a book with different different perspectives, like an omniscient reader or narrator, and I I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Um, I like 
the the very decision the the weird decisions of this movie and I think it's and I think it's supposed to be referenced and realistic like real life like random stuff happens like Josh Brolin's character dying off screen is so random and so it's such a great misdirection that you just don't you don't see it coming you expect Josh Brolin's character to either die by Shigur die fighting Shigur and they both die or going out in a blaze of glory you you think that's what's in store and you your expectations are just uh taken from underneath you you don't you don't get the payoff and i and i like that cuz it's i've i don't it's been a while since i've seen a movie like that i i think Tommy Lee Jones' character spoke to me in a way that i haven't really thought of in how sometimes we are out of our out, you know we're outmatched sometimes we just we just can't handle it so all in all, the acting of this movie, the visuals, the, the, the stylistic choices of how this movie was made, like how, how it's, like it's about greed, it's about evil, it's about things, it's about showing how that you really aren't invincible anymore, and that's sh- like for all three characters, how Moss, he feels like his world crumbling in, um anton he gets in the car crash at the end and you see that you know he's he's he knows he's not invincible anymore and then tommy lee jones character knowing full well that he just can't do it anymore i i think this might be one of my new favorite movies and i am damn well pissed off i haven't seen it sooner so my rating for no country for old man would be I should have seen this movie. I should have seen this. Should have seen this movie sooner. Like day of it came out. So it, it, it yeah, okay, okay. Um, now going off of your last thing, I have one question to ask you. Do you think there could be a sequel to this? A sequel? Yes. Or do you think that would ruin this one? Uh, I think it's it's done. I think that um. The story is done. I think the actual main character of the story was Tommy Lee Jones. Are you ready for my next question? Yes. Hell or high water or no country for old men? Hold on, what'd you say? Hell or high water or country for or no country for old men? Which do you think oh was better? Uh, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to give you my opinion on this. Personally, I think, my opinion, I thought Hell or High Water, to me, was better. But No Country for Old Men has more of a theatrical feel, if that makes sense. While No Country for Old Men, or while Hell or High Water was more of a Western, so it kind of was, it, it appealed more to me in the sense of it having almost like an end, in a, or beginning and a, a completion in a way. What you could say would be like, um, Hell or High Water is like a re-envisionment of Westerns, and then No Country for Old Men is the death of Westerns. How it's showing how the hero doesn't get his right off to the sunset. He, he, he doesn't get the glory. And that, I, no yeah, country, I can no see country that. For old, like, you know what I'm saying? How No Country yeah. for Old Men could be like, it's the death of Westerns. It's, it's over. You're, you don't get a Western anymore. You, uh, your you get, story really ends when you retire. Yeah. Um, but I, shoot, I would, man, shoot, I have man. to go this with Hell or High Water. I, I honestly would go. It depends on what mood I'm in. But I would overall, what movie would I watch again and again and again? Would probably be Hell or High Water. Okay. Because it's it's a it's a more it's an easier movie to enjoy. It's it has a great climax, and it has it has fantastic. Um, action scenes. No Country for Old Men is one of those movies where it's more a thriller than than anything else. The thriller psychological chase. And, you know, sometimes I may not be always in the mood for that kind of thing. That's true. I, I, I think you touched a good note. Um, it, it For some people, it, sh- it probably does depend on 
the mood, and I can see that. Like, if, if someone else who hasn't seen No Country for Old Men wanted to sit down and watch it, like, on a, uh, you know, on a lazy night, I'd probably say, okay, let's, yeah, let's get into it, you know, but like you said, if you, if you wanted to watch something, if you could watch it anytime it's on, I would probably say Hell or High Water. Yeah, I could, I could probably pick up Hell or High Water any part and enjoy it. I mean, I could for No Country, but I probably, I would probably want to watch No Country from the start. Well, whereas Hell or High Water, and nearly any part of that movie is, it's good, it's really good, and you could watch it yeah. from any part. You know what that makes me? Comanche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I don't choose either of these movies. I pick A Million Days, Million Ways to Die in the West. That's oh my the, God. that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> what a comparison. <laughs> uh. And, uh, I like this. This is overdue, and I'm liking how it was basically a fire and ice special. That's basically what it was. In a way, yeah. Yeah. Now we just need to pick a movie, and then John John Kenoki needs to get in on this. In all this. True. That that's very true. So uh, that was our first ever um, attempt at an overdue. Uh, let us know on social media, or um, in. I don't know how Stitcher works, honestly, but if there's comments, I know there's definitely comments on SoundCloud. Uh, definitely, maybe in the review, let us know what you think of our segments or something like over on iTunes. Let us know. Um, just, just, just give us some feedback if you liked it or if you like or if you did like what our conversation and you want to go check out our other episodes. Uh, that'd be cool, and then you can subscribe and follow or whatever you have to do. Um, so One, definitely two two last things. Go ahead. So the there are some actors that I saw that I I really wanted to mention the uh, old mother, the mother of the wife of Moss. Yeah. She's the she's Kitty from Donnie Darko. She's the chick that goes sometimes I doubt your uh, commitment to Sparkle Motion. That's her. Really? Yeah, that's her. She seemed younger than she really looked, maybe to me. And then the kid that gives um, Anton his shirt at the end, that's um, Brian from high school, video game high school. The kid behind him with the orange hair looked like the kid from uh, Get Out, the brother. I don't know if that was the same person. I'll have to check it. He's like, do you like UFC? (laughs) Or whatever he says in uh, Get Out. (laughs) You like UFC? I love you that fight. movie. Uh, <laughs> so that's fight. that's it for overdue. And uh, yeah, I um, guess I guess I'm gonna take it away. Or you got anything else? I just wanted to add. Um, definitely, if you if you like us and and uh, or if you've been listening or you just caught on and you like us, like I was saying, um, definitely like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on any of the iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, last.fm because uh, that definitely gets us um, or you know rate definitely rate us or review us on any of those sites as well if you can because that will help us out uh, get more well known and more out there for you guys um, and then uh, if our patron is set up go check us out on the patron on patron at cinema uh, should be cinema 7 podcast I, I don't know how John set it up we'll probably have a whole episode maybe dedicated to that hopefully and uh, yeah if it's not set up, we're going to definitely get it get it set up because we have to record a uh, intro video for sure. Um but you can donate as as little as a dollar a month to us. Um and like I said, we'll we'll definitely shout you out and be like, "Hey, you're a supporter of the podcast. We support you there, pal." Um we got some other great themed episodes like we said in the beginning of the episode. Um you know, picture fix it, take two, our take, uh fire and ice special when we get to that. Uh we're just we're we're trying to find ourselves and i think we're getting to our to our identity with all this and it's actually really cool how our podcast is coming along from when we started last year i don't know if you agree with that do you agree with that hawk i do it's uh it's it's cool experience it's fun um and we definitely want to know more of your feedback and your opinions so definitely hit us up on social media at twitter of cinema 7 underscore podcast um and on facebook we're cinema seven so 
Hit us up on those things and uh, talk to us because we will talk to you. Review us. Yeah, yeah write review us a review us. on iTunes. Yeah, brah. Yeah, brah. Shaka brah. So as always. At Cinema 7, we want to thank you for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. Thank you.